Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, thank you again for being here this first Sunday of uh, 2019, uh, starting off the new year the right way in God's house, praising the Lord. And I hope you'll stay focused and continue to uh, grow in your walk with the Lord this upcoming year and looking forward to what God is going to do here but in your life personally. I've been excited uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, going into the end of the year, but also coming into this new year, especially since we're starting this new Bible study called Immerse. It excites me to know that the whole church is working together through the New Testament in eight weeks that we're reading the Bible together. Because we'll all be in the same mind, the same spirit, and we'll be reading what God uh, says to us, and we can apply it to our life, and we can come together and discuss uh, what we've read, and we can grow together. That's why I'm excited. So on Sunday nights, uh, you're going to be reading through the week and immerse the Bible study. I hope you've already read this week. If you have not, uh, it's not too late. You should have read the Gospel of Luke if you've read this week. Uh, and then on Sunday nights at 6.30, we'll come together for our life study groups, and uh, we'll discuss in more detail about what we've read during the week. And listen, those groups on Sunday night, it's not a teacher up there teaching uh, the Bible. It is a Bible group discussion. So everybody's going to be involved in the discussion. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. And we, are, we have just got such a wonderful response from everyone that, uh, about coming out tonight and being a part of this Bible uh, discussion group. And uh, we look forward to what God is going to do. Now, on Sunday mornings for the next eight weeks... Uh, I will be coming to the pulpit with a message uh, from some portion to reinforce what we've read through the week as the Lord gives me direction. And uh, today I'm excited uh, about what God has on my heart to share with you today. I know for me personally, I've been enjoying this week with the Immersed Bible Study. Here's what I like to do. I like to open up the part that I'm reading in uh, for the week and turn on the audio at the same time. And I'm listening to it while I'm reading it. And it just kind of reinforces for me and helps me learn better. And uh, so I hope that you're taking that time. Don't give up. Don't quit, man. Eight weeks. We can do it, okay, church? Eight weeks. We can do it. We're going to go through the New Testament together. And uh, just excited about it. And if you have any questions about how to join us on this Bible study, uh, study journey, uh, please, before you leave today, go out into the Welcome Center and uh, see Miss Lisa Lewis there at the Connections Corner. And she'll be glad uh, to answer any questions you may have. But this past week, uh, like I mentioned, you should have read the Gospel of Luke. So the Gospel of Luke, and Luke we know was a, a doctor by profession. He was a traveling companion to the Apostle Paul. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, Luke, he wrote the Gospel of Luke and he wrote the book of Acts. In the Gospel of Luke, what you read this week, and also in the book of Acts, Luke is writing to a man named Theophilus. Now, his mom and dad must have been mad with him. Well, he, we're going to name him Theophilus. Well, Theophilus means friend of God, and that's a cool name. 
So he's writing to Theophilus. Now, when you study Theophilus in the Bible, you don't really get a lot of uh, information about this man, just a few things that can kind of indicate who he might be. But really, many Bible commentators, they don't even know who he is. Uh, but many believe that he was a Gentile man. He was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. And some believe, because of the way Luke addressed him, that he was some sort of high-ranking official that served in the Roman government. So that's really all that we know right now about him. But we do know that Luke is writing to him in the Gospel of Luke and in the uh, book of Acts. And he's writing to Theophilus, but he's also writing to us. It's a universal letter. Everything that he's telling Theophilus, we can apply it to our life. And he's telling him, and he's reminding him in the Gospel of Luke, he's taking the Gospel of Luke and he's saying, you know what, Theophilus, whether you're Jew or Gentile, God loves you. We sang about it this morning, oh, how he loves us. And he's reminding this man that God loves him and that God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus. You can read it, how we just celebrated Christmas and how Luke tells the story of the birth of Christ. He came to save people from their sins. He loves you so much that he came to die on a cross for you, Theophilus. He came, this Jesus that God sent his son to come and seek and save the lost. That's how much he loves you. And Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He's reminding Theophilus that whether you're Jew or Gentile, Jesus came because He loves you and He came to seek you and He came to save you. Aren't you grateful that Jesus came to seek you and save you? It doesn't matter whether you're, you're Gentile or whether you're Jew or whether you're an outcast or whether you're rebellious or whether you're a reject or a runaway. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be white, black, brown, rich, poor. It doesn't matter who you are. Jesus loves everybody, Theophilus. Aren't you grateful that he loves you today? He loves us with an everlasting love. And then right there in the very middle of the gospel, just about right there in the very middle of the gospel of Luke, Luke just uh, writes a story that Jesus told, a parable, and it really just sums up everything that he's trying to tell this man in such a powerful way. And Jesus tells this parable that Luke records, and it's a parable that reveals the heart of God. Now, a parable, a parable is an earthly story with a spiritual message with a divine message that what God wants to do in your life. So he begins to tell this story in Luke chapter 15. Many of you are familiar with, with this story. It's the parable about the prodigal son. This prodigal son, this story is going to reveal to everyone, this story is going to reveal to everyone that God has an unconditional love for you no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, God loves you. And he begins, Jesus, to tell this story. Let me read, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Verse 11 through 24, this is a story about two sons, but I'm going to focus on just one son today, the one that was the prodigal that ran away. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 24, it said Jesus continued to speak to these Pharisees that were accusing Jesus, for, Jesus of hanging around sinners. There was a man who had two sons, the younger one said to his father, Father, uh, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them, the two sons. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out 
to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have good food to spare, and here I am, and I'm starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up. Say got up. He got up and and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and threw his arm around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Thank God for his word today. Let's pray. Father God, thank you again for this opportunity, God, to proclaim your word. I pray for your anointing upon myself and upon everyone here today. God, this word, God, would just land on fertile ground and grow and just begin to work in the lives of everyone here, including myself, Lord. Thank you so much, Jesus. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. What a powerful parable that Luke records here about what Jesus shared to these Pharisees about how God loves everyone. And we can see from this parable here that God, he loves you when you're running away from him. He loves you when you're running away from him. Aren't you grateful that even when you're running in the wrong direction, God still loves you? Even when you're running in the wrong direction, this son, he, he went to his father and requested for him from him his inheritance. And when he received his inheritance, he took off running. He took off running to a distant land. In other words, what this son was saying to his father, I want you to give me, give me, give me my inheritance. In other words... What he was telling the father was, I don't even care if you're dead. I just want my money. I want to go out in life. I want to go to a distant land. I want to experience life for myself. I don't need anybody telling me what I need to do, what I can and can't do. I'm going to go and enjoy life. And he begins to go on this run, running away from God. This son was very selfish, ungrateful, and full of pride. It was all about him. Give me, give me, give me. You know the Bible says that in the last days that people will be lovers of themselves? Well, we can see it today, can't we? And this son was the picture example of somebody who loved themselves. It was all about him. It's all about me. It was what this boy thought. And here's the thing that really got me. His father, instead of in tears and pleading with him, you don't read uh, trying to hold him and confine him to that place in that home. He gives him the inheritance. He honors the boy's request. And he takes off running to a distant land. And he has a pocket full of cash. And when he got to this place, when he got to this distant land, you know, I was thinking, a lot of people I hear, uh, I had a family member that was, when they graduated from school, I cannot wait to get out of North Carolina. I'm going to move to New York City and I'm going to live it up. I remember, uh, I remember a young boy said he was going to leave North Carolina and go to California and live it up. 
And we have this dream. We have this desire to go out there and, and do something on our own away from anybody telling us what we can do. And this boy goes into this distant land with a pocket full of cash. And the Bible says that he wasted it all on wild living. He wasted it all on wild living. Have you ever wasted anything? I tell you, you know, we think sometimes the devil can paint a picture to us and make us think that the grass is always greener on the other side. But that's not always the case. Sometimes we can be that way. We can allow the devil to come in and lure us and think that it's, the grass is greener on the other side. Instead of staying close to the Father, we can allow other voices to lure us away from the Father and lure us, lure us into a distant land away from Him. And that's the title of my message today is Returning to God. Maybe you've been lured away from God. Maybe you've been lured away by these voices that have pulled you away from God. Well, in 2019, it's time for you to return back to God. Because these voices are real. These voices that will come to you uh, can uh, bring deception in your life. And they can be voices that tell you that you don't need Jesus. You don't need Jesus in your life. Why do you need Jesus? You can just live life the way you want to live it. Voices that say you don't need to go to church. Why are you going to go to church? The church is full of hypocrites. You know those people are not real. They don't, they don't really, they're not really changed by the power of God. Why go to church? And then these voices that come to you and say, you don't need to pray. God doesn't hear you when you pray. You don't need to read your Bible because you're not even understanding the Bible. Those voices that come to you and say, you know, one more drink won't hurt anybody. Those, those voices that come to you and lure you away from God into a distant land. Those voices that tell you, you know what, it's okay to go ahead and have sex outside of marriage. Everybody else is doing it. Those voices that come to you. Those voices that say that life is short. You better party before it's over. Those voices that say, I'll live my life the way I want to. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. This son, he was hearing these voices and, and they pulled him away, away from the father into the distant land. And he's running with plenty of money. He's running with plenty of friends. He's running from bed to bed. He's running from bar to bar. He's running from party to party. He's running from one sin to the other. You see, sin has an appeal to it at the beginning that will lure you away from God. Sin promises freedom but brings only slavery. Sin will cause you to walk around bound in chains, friend. This is what Jesus said. He says everyone who sins is a slave to sin. This young boy, this young son, he was wrapped up in chains of the so-called pleasures of the distant land. And after he spent all he had, the son found himself, guess what? There he is, and he had all this money, and now he's uh, squandered in wild living, and now there's no money, no friends, no phone, no, no phone. No cell phone, no food, no home, no life, no hope, no purpose. Listen to me this morning. Please listen to me, friend. Sin will leave you with nothing. Come on, church. Sin will leave you with nothing. We can run after these so-called pleasures in the distant land. And when you run after these things and you run away from God and you begin to run after these pursuits that you think are pleasures, before you know it, friend, you can lose your marriage. You can lose your family. You can lose your home. You can lose your job because you've been pursuing after these things. I want to tell you a news flash this morning. When you, run, when you run away from God, it never ends well. Do you hear me? When you run away from God, it will never end well. There's going to be a crash and burn sooner or later. You're going to come to a place where there's going to be nothing. 
And that's what sin does. Sin always promises more than it gives. Sin will take you further than you want to go and sin leaves you worse off than you were before. This son lost it all. He lost it all. He squandered it all. He wasted it away. He lost it. And not only did he lose these things, but friend, a life in sin will cost you everything, even your soul. The Bible says, what profit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul? You can have everything in life. You can have everything and still have nothing if you don't have Jesus. You can have the nice car. You can have the nice home, the nice job. Everything can be great. You can have everything and still have nothing if you don't have Jesus. Do you have Jesus this year? Is he in your heart? Have you received Christ into your life? Everything, this son, it amazes me. Everything that he ran after in this distant land, everything that he was pursuing after, he had it right there with the Father. He had access to it right there with the Father. There was freedom with the Father. There was peace with the Father. There was love and grace and friendship and fellowship. He's running after something, and it was right there with him from the very beginning. And the Bible says that when he's there, and he gets to a desperate place where he's lost everything. And the worst thing that any Jewish boy could do was go work around a bunch of pigs and swine. And there he is and he, he finds himself and he's hungry and he's starving. And he's, he's willing to eat the, the food of the pigs. And it says there in the Bible that when he was there that he came to his senses. He came to his senses. The son had a moment of clarity realizing that there had to be something else in life besides this. This, this young son had a moment of clarity where he realized that his life was out of control. He came to a moment of clarity when he realized that he was missing out on all God had for him. I can remember being that way, friend. Being that way. So, so down at the very bottom, in the rock bottom, down in the pig pen, but knowing in your heart and mind that this can't be all there is to life. There's got to be something more. I can't keep going on like this. My life is out of control. And friend, there is something more. And his name is Jesus. He'll change you. Hallelujah. He said, I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. This son, he, he finally came to a place. Can you see how his attitude's changed now? From the very beginning, he's arrogant, he's selfish, he's ungrateful, he's full of pride. And now, isn't it amazing how life can humble you? And now he's at a place where he's lost everything and the only thing he can do is look up and go back to the Father and he begins to go back to Him. Go back to the Lord. He's confessed his sin. He said, I was wrong. There's no more excuses. I was in the wrong. I've done this to myself. I'm not going to blame him. I'm not going to blame her. Everything that I've been doing, it's all on me. I accept the responsibility. And I confess that sin to you now. You see, God loves you when you return back to Him. He loves you when you're running and He loves you when you return back to Him. That's a picture of repentance. When there's been a change in mind, when, when you realize that there's got to be more in, in life than what I'm going through now, and you get back up, and not only do you have a change of mind, but now you start going in a different direction, going back to the Father. That's a picture of repentance. And it could be that today, that you're here, 
and you're in a distant land, the land of sin, away from Jesus, or maybe you've just kind of drifted away from God over time. Let me just tell you, in 2019, this is the year for you to get back up. This is for, this, listen, you've never gone too far. You've never done something that's so bad that God, He's still there waiting for you because He loves you. And this is the year, this could be the day to day that you've got to get back up and go to the Father and let Him love you and return to God. The Bible says, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and at times of refreshing may come from the Lord. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, that He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Jesus preached about repentance. He preached about it. He says, unless you repent, you too will perish. Friend, I don't want anyone to perish here today. I want everyone to repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ. He loves you. He, re- he loves you when you return back to Him. This story tells us that while this young son was a long way off, that the father saw him. He saw him from a long way off and had compassion on him. That tells me that the father was looking for the son. He was looking for him. And friend, let me tell you this morning, God is looking for you. He's looking for you. He's looking for you because he loves you. He's looking for you because he wants to forgive you. He's looking for you because he wants to help you. He's looking for you today. His heart's filled with compassion for you today. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not ready to condemn you. He's ready to love you and he's ready to forgive you and he's ready to change your life. No, pastor, you don't understand the things that I've done. You you don't realize the messes that I've made in my life. Well, guess what? God still loves you. Wait wait, wait, wait a minute, pastor. You you, you don't realize the, the pain and the heartache and the way I've treated people and the way I've done people over time. You don't know what I've done to them. Guess what? God still loves you. He still loves you. But you, you, you don't understand. I, I'm, in an, I'm in a dark place in my life. I've been doing some dirty things, Lord. If people just knew what was going on behind closed doors, guess what? God still loves you. He still loves you, friend. He still loves you. And the reason I know that is because it says that the, that the father ran. He ran to his son and hugged him and kissed him. The boy smells like pig manure. The boy smells like the sin of the world. He doesn't run up to him and say, I need you to go take a dip over in the creek, wash up, come to the house, we'll talk things over, maybe we can work it out. No, he sees him. He has compassion in his heart. And he runs to him and he just hugs him and tells him, I love you, I love you, I love you. In other words, you can come to him just like you are, friend. Come to him just like you are. Come to him just like you are because he loves you and Jesus is the one that can clean you up. You don't have to get it all figured out and get it all worked out before you come. You just, let, you just come and let him put his arms around you and he'll change you. Hallelujah. The Bible says that even while we were sinners, Christ came and died for us. God loves you when you return back to Him. This Father inspires me. He inspires me with His loving heart. I just want us to pause here for a second. Some of you may not be like the sun today, and you may not be running, or you may not have drifted away from God. Maybe you're closer to God than you've ever been. But maybe we can make it our prayer that in 2019, that we'll be like the Father. That this church will be like the Father. 
That this church will be a, a church of the, fel, of the Father's welcome. That we'll always be available to love people when they walk through our doors. That no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, no matter what baggage they bring, no matter what kind of life, we, we can't choose what sins God approves and what He doesn't approve. Friends, sin is sin. When they come through the doors, all we want to do is love them and tell them Jesus can change your life. He can change you. We're not here to condemn nobody. We're not here to judge nobody. We want to love them to Christ. And maybe this is the year for you to be like the Father. Maybe for you personally in your own life, but definitely as a church. Maybe it's time for you to run to somebody with compassion. Somebody that's betrayed you like this son betrayed his father. Has somebody betrayed you? Can you, love, can you run to them in love and forgive them? Maybe you can run to somebody with compassion this year, somebody that's caused heartache and pain in your life. Run with compassion to somebody that has, has uh, just really hurt you over time and has neglected you and rejected you, that you can love them. May we be a church this upcoming year that will be like the Father and just love people and show the mercy of God. Can you do that in, can you do that in your life? That's what I want for my life. That we offer forgiveness to those who have hurt us. And that we love people and we show them the mercy of God. God help us to be like the Father. And I want to tell you something else as I close here. That God loves you when he restores you. It says here that the Father said to his servants. The, the boy didn't even have a chance to finish his apology. And the daddy was like, no, 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 no. But you just, shh. And he looks to the servants and he says, no, listen to me. Go get the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandal on his feet. Bring out the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate. Aren't you grateful that when your life is changed, there's a celebration going on in heaven? Hallelujah. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. So let's party, party, party. It was going to be a real party this time. Get the best robe. Get the best ring. Get the best sandals. You see, God wants the very best for you in 2019. He wants the very best for you in your life every day. Well, the son says, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy for any of it. And guess what? None of us are worthy. And we're not worthy, but guess what? God started, his father said, go get the robe and put it on him, the best robe, the robe of righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. Go get the ring and put it on him, the best ring. Not just any ring, but this ring here was a ring that brought back sonship and power and authority. When they did business in that time, they would fold over a piece of paper, put wax on it, and they would take a ring with the family emblem and seal it, and the daddy put that ring back on his son and said, you belong to me, you're part of my family now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he says, get the best sandals. And he took those, uh, that boy who had lost everything. And now, instead of being a hired servant for his daddy, his daddy put sandals on him that elevated him above being a slave now. And you know why? Because whoever the son sets free is free indeed. Aren't you grateful today that you're free? Listen, there's a man here this morning that ran into the distant land. And he came to a place where he came to his senses and God changed his life. And I want you just to hear from him just a minute before we close this service. Would you make Kent Grantham welcome to the stage? I'm probably going to be just a little bit nervous or act like it. That's probably because I am. <laughs> you know, Jeff and I spoke about this, and 
about what to say this morning. And Richard prayed that prayer. And I saw my young adult life that way. In the message that Jeff was preaching about the prodigal son, I found myself in that same situation. And I'd like to share anybody that knows me knows that I'm a very private person. And I've shared something along this in a smaller setting, which I was very thankful to participate. But maybe someone here today on a much larger scale needs to hear something that the Lord has put on my heart. But this is not about me, Kent Crampton. It's about what Jesus done for me. Amen. I was once that prodigal son in the story. I went my own way, did my own thing for many years. Everything that Jeff was speaking about, I've been there, done that. I went on my way, did my own thing for a very long time, and that's just the way I lived. Then one day, just like the prodigal son, I come to my senses. I got up one morning and told my wife, Jenny, which I'm very, very grateful for her. Amen. She's helped me a long way. I said, you know what? I said, I need help. I'll confess it to y'all. I drank. I did a little drugs. I did a lot of cussing. But I told Jenny, I said, I need some help. And at that point in my life, I started opening my heart up because I was a very hard-hearted person. Matter of fact, my mama told her when we first started going together, she says, don't try to change him because he ain't going to change but God continued to work on me a little bit started running even more then like I said things started changing January 15th 1995 I asked the Lord into my life Amen. and he changed my heart changed my life and I'm very very thankful for that Amen. been living for him ever since. Am I perfect? No. Do I make mistakes? Yes. But does God still love me? Yes, he does. Amen. <laughs> Jeff got my verse a while ago. 1 John 1, 9 says, if anyone confesses his sin, that God is faithful and just to forgive him of his sins and cleanse him of all unrighteousness. And he can do the same for you today if only if you will trust him. And that's the best thing. And I'm very, very thankful for what God has done in my life. This has been a special service for me because everything that Richard prayed about, everything that Jeff Dale preached about related to my life. And I'm sure there's somebody in here that's been through the same thing or going through it right now. So just trust him. Amen. Thank you for sharing, uh, Brother Kent, what God has done in your life and turning it around. And we thank God for what he's done, where he's brought you from. I'm sure there's people here today that feel like that maybe you've gone too far in life. That you've messed up too much and you've done too much bad. I just want to tell you, friend, that God is always looking for you.
He's here looking for you this morning. And His arms are always open and outstretched to you, offering forgiveness to you because He loves you. Aren't you grateful today for His love? Listen, I don't care how far you've gone, how far down in the pig pen you've gone, there's restoration with God. He can bring back everything that the devil's stolen from you. He can give it back to you today. But it all starts with you receiving Jesus Christ into your life. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. I just want to say right now to your friend that God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He will always love you. No matter how far you've run away from Him, no matter what you've done, and even as you're down in the lowest place, He loves you. He loves you when you're running. He loves you when you return back to Him. And He loves you enough that He wants to restore you. And it could be in 2019 that you need God to do a work in your life. You need God to show up in your life. Most of all, you need salvation. Friend, have you received Jesus Christ in 2019? Have you accepted Christ to be your Lord and to be your Savior? Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you've been kind of just going down this road, kind of back and forth, running one way, running the other. Listen, friend, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you've rejected Him. And today could be the day that you just finally say yes to Him. And that you can be saved and know that you're on your way to heaven. You can encounter a love, a peace, and a joy that the world will never be able to offer you through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nobody's looking around. If you're here today and you want to just commit your life to Christ or rededicate your life to the Lord as you go into this new year and you need Jesus to come in to your heart and you want Him to forgive you, would you just lift your hand right now? Come on. Would you lift your hand? God bless you. God bless you. Listen, right there where you are, you can pray. Lord, I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness in my life today. I need you to cleanse me, God. I believe that you died for me. I believe that God raised you back to life. And from this day forward, God, I want to live for you. I want to surrender my life to you. I want to follow you. I want to go to heaven. So I receive you into my life now, Jesus, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Come into my life right now, Lord, and change me. All for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray.